Welcome to Overflowing Bookshelves, a podcast for people who love the written word. Could you spend hours browsing through a bookstore? Is your happy place curled up under a blanket with a good book, or perhaps writing a story of your own? Are you constantly adding to your to-be-read list, even though your bookshelves are already overflowing? If so, this podcast is for you. Tune in to hear authentic conversations with published authors about their creative processes, paths to publication, and advice for living your most fruitful and inspired life. I'm your host, Dallas Woodburn, and I am absolutely delighted that you are here with us today. I am the author of the short story collection, Woman Running Late in a Dress, and the YA novel, The Best Week That Never Happened. I'm also a professional book coach, and I am passionate about helping people give birth to their own unique stories. You can connect with me at my website, dallaswoodburnauthor.com, and on Facebook and Instagram at dallaswoodburnauthor. Without further ado, let's dive into today's interview. Emily Grabatin is the author of the book, Dare to Decide, Discovering Peace, Clarity, and Courage at Life's Crossroads. Through coaching, writing, and leadership development, she helps individuals recognize who they are, uncover what makes them feel alive, and streamline their focus so they can flourish. Through seasons of restlessness, burnout, and wandering, even while working her dream job in ministry, the greatest gifts Emily has received have been from individuals who saw potential in her before she even saw it. Appreciating the value of people holding a space for her to discover her own answers and step out into her calling at her own pace, she is passionate about offering that gift to others. What most people don't know about Emily is her secret box of unfinished novels yellowing in her basement. What she learned about storytelling and why she never finished writing her novels inspired the principles she uses to inspire others in getting clear on their dream and making more confident decisions. Emily lives near Niagara Falls, Ontario, Canada with her husband and daughter. I'm really delighted to welcome Emily to the Overflowing Bookshelves podcast today. Enjoy. Emily, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. We've been friends for a while now, and I love your book, Dare to Decide. And I'm just really excited to have you here and to talk with you all about the book. Thank you for being here. It is my pleasure, Dallas. Well, maybe we could start just kind of um, going back a little bit to when this book was this seed of an idea. Um in your mind and in your heart. And maybe you could tell us about kind of how your journey began of writing this book. Sure. Well, um, I would say the seeds began when I was 11 and I was already writing novels back then. And I would handwrite them and my mom would type them out on our you know, new, brand new Commodore 64. <laughs> and and uh, so I have this bin downstairs of these these books that I was writing back then, these novels. And I have a box full of, of uh, novels or series plotted out and character sketches and scenes from them. And then I hit, you know, 18 and had to go get a job. And all of a sudden I didn't know how to balance this both worlds of this imaginary imaginary world where characters were at my beck and call and I could control like the messiness of life and how things turned out to 
going into work every day and then coming home and feeling tired. And I didn't know how to balance those. So I just lived life and went on. But the dream was always there. I always felt like someday I'm going to write a book. And fast forward, I think in the low periods of my life, when, you know, like there was a marriage breakdown or things would be actually going really well and I'd be a little bit bored, I'd pull out the book, um, it's a novel again. But, you know, fast forward many years later, so about four years ago, I just had one of those epiphany moments realizing, okay, I am in my late 30s. And I had a flashback to when I was 17 and thinking, oh, one day I'm going to have, you know, when I'm middle-aged, I'm going to have four kids and, you know, homeschool them all and have plenty of time to write all of these novels and I'll just be a published author. And I was thinking, <laughs> you know, one of those moments where you have a few thoughts all at once. And I thought, you know, oh, I guess this isn't going to happen on its own. And how in the world do I get back into the mind of a teenager? And then it was, wait a minute, am I middle-aged now? <laughs> so <laughs> I looked back on that and thought, I've got to do something about that. So then it was this moment of, all right, well, I'm not going to go into my fiction books. I, um, I'm a per I call myself a purpose and calling coach, just helping people, um, you know, with stepping into some of their dreams. And so I thought, well, what of the people that, I'm connected with. What do they need? What did I need in, in a book? What's missing? And uh, so it was in that moment, just deciding I'm going to write a book. What is it going to be about? And so from there, I had to go through the decision process of, of okay, what would I write? What do I have write, to write about? So that was the that was the seeds. Yes. Right there. Yes. Well, I just I love that it was something that you kept coming back to. And I love that epiphany moment. I mean, I think um I relate to so much of that. I mean, I remember being a teenager and thinking about one day when I would hopefully have a family of my own and kids and just thinking I would have so much more time to do my own projects. You know, I wouldn't have to be in school anymore. And so I could just write all mm -hmm. the time. But it's so true that um, at, at every stage of life, there are different things that come up and that take our time. And we have to be so intentional about um, reclaiming those uh, projects that are in our heart that are really dear to us that we you know, want to go after. And I think you have the perfect segue um, to the topic of your book because you were just saying you had to then decide what to write about. Um, so maybe you could tell us a little bit about how you went through that process. I actually, um, in my coaching business, working with people to write their books, a very common thing I hear from people is saying, well, I have all these ideas and I don't know which one to choose first. I don't know which one to start with. Or maybe I start writing one idea and then I think, oh, maybe I should actually write that other one. And so I think people can be really indecisive about the process. Mm -hmm. And I would love to hear how you you know, narrowed down and decided the topic that you were going to devote yourself for this first book. Yeah. So uh, the that experience actually felt like a novelty for me because I typically would waffle a lot on decisions and take my time and, and come around. So I feel like the decision to write the book was this defining moment. I was already committed to the idea. And, and that isn't a common occurrence for me. 
it was a lot of waffling leading up to it. And so I realized this, this moment of deciding I'm going to write a book and deciding, okay, who am I going to write it? So there's lots of when you're, at least when you're writing a book, when you're offering something to someone else, one of the decisions to make in that is who am I writing it? And not just what am I going to write about? So when I knew I'm going to write for the people who I might one day coach, people who that I would love to help them along with their dream or this calling that's in their heart. So what is it that they need to know? And of course, then that comes with a list of options. And so then that become more, you know, and for me, if there's long lists of something or too many options, you know, I shut down. So I went to another question to say, okay, well, what is something that I have unique to say? What is, I'm not going to even presume that I have any, you know, profound research to offer the world, any new information, everything's been written under the sun. So, but I'm going to write the book anyway. So what do I have to offer? And kind of jokingly, that's when I stumbled across, you know, what am I an expert in? And I didn't really feel like I was an expert or was anything novel, but I just jokingly thought, well, I'm an expert in indecision (laughs) and overthinking. (laughs) And, And then I thought, well, actually there's something to that. Because a lot of the books that I had read, I, I had devoured books on goal setting and finding your purpose and, and you know, planning, making your life plan. And they, they, were, they seemed to all be made by people who just said, well, now once I give you this information, now go and do it. Or, well, you just have to figure out what you want. And well, now, you know, just steps A, B, C, go make it happen. And I'm like, well, that doesn't, that's not what happens for me. You know, like divorce mm-hmm. happens and suddenly my life's turned upside down and my goals are totally irrelevant. Well, what about that? Or I move across the country and suddenly the things that I used to care about don't matter anymore. So so it was almost for a season, what's the point of making a life plan? Or what if your desires and dreams change and you don't know what you want to be when you grow up, but you're in your Uh forties. And I, you know, so, and so once I decided, well, wait a minute, why don't I write to the people who don't know what they want and they don't care about those or it's not really about setting a goal. They just want the space. And I realized what I valued was someone understanding, not telling me what I should do, you know, um, one quote that always bothered me was, uh, you know, good leaders make quick decisions. And it drove me crazy because I'm a cautious thinker. I'm slow and steady, go through the process. And if you rush me and then I get stressed. And so I thought, well, where are the books for someone like me? I'm guessing that I'm not the only one out there. And so I just, at that point, okay, well, I knew I'm not going to waste any more time trying to decide what the book is about because I, I realized I'd already done that. I was ready to just start moving on it. So that's when I just went through a list of my defining moments. What are the experiences that I can draw from? I've probably learned some lessons that I could go from. So that helped with some ideas. And then I thought, well, if I'm making it on finding direction in life and decision-making, what is everything that I know about that topic? And so um, before I even got into research, I realized, oh, I've, I've already kind of done some research on this area because I made a, a 
a small course for a group of people before. And I just had tried it out and did it for fun and, and then didn't think about it. And I'm like, oh, I did all this research for this course on making a good decision. So I just started taking out index cards and listing out all my ideas and then playing around with them. You know, colored sticky notes are lovely for this kind of process. I love those too. Yeah. Because you can move them. There's no mistakes. It's not linear and I could cluster them. And with that, I started coming up with a rough outline. And when I looked at it, I was like, oh, you know, it kind of looks like a book outline. Now I'm ready to go. And then I'm like, well, now what? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that I just, maybe we can pause here because I just want to highlight. I mean, I think you asked some really great, you have some really great questions that if any of our listeners have this same experience of wanting to write a book and maybe not being sure quite what to focus on, you mean, I think that your questions you asked yourself about, you know, what type of book do you want? to read yourself, you know, do you wish that you could have to read? And then also thinking about the people that you work with, that you serve, their clients, you know, writing for them and then looking at your own experiences. I mean, I think that we all have such rich experiences in our lives that sometimes we tend to discount or don't give them enough credit or don't quite see the value that they might hold for other people. And I just love that you Um, you know, ask those questions. I think those are so helpful for other people to think about with their lives and with their um, book ideas. Um, And then also, I just love your advice about using sticky notes or index cards. You know, I think that we tend to read books and think that because we read them in a linear fashion, often, not always, but we often read you know, linearly that we think that a book has to be written from chapter one until the end. But Mm -hmm. um, sometimes just actually doing that non-linear brainstorming is such a breakthrough. And I love that you use the color coding. I'm a big fan of that too. Mind maps, mind maps, sticky notes, colored markers, big sheets of paper. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, so once you had, you know, your outline done, um, you realized you had all this content and you had this great, these great ideas. What was the actual writing process like for you? Did you have a set schedule of when you wrote every day or was it something that you did when inspiration struck? Or could you tell us a little bit more about the actual process of writing the book? Yeah. And there's so much there. So, um, the so the, the from from i guess idea conception to, you know from you know the commitment and idea conception to publish a publication date was about 4 years and so the process was not all the same throughout <laughs> throughout that so the first draft i would say the first year and that was probably 2016 and so when i think that was a that was a big like decision year. I decided to write the book. And so then I, when I decided and committed to it, I thought, okay, I'm going to do this. And I thought, well, I have my outline and, you know, Googled a few tips and thought, okay, so now here's about, you know, if, if my book's going to be like this one and this one, how many pages is their book? How many words would that be? And I just did some calculations like, okay, so if it's, you know, average, uh, self-help 
book would be maybe 55,000 words. So if I divide that by, you know, how many months, what would I need to write? So I did that and quickly realized, oh, you can't just magically bump out those. (laughs) The inspiration show up and you write that many words. You know, I hadn't worked myself into that discipline, but I knew enough to be that I had to show up to be inspired. So it was a collection of things. First, um, I am a linear thinker and I knew that my brain would want to fix everything and that struggle with the, the blank page and the intimidation. Every time I'd sit down at the designated time and look at that computer screen and say, okay, I'm going to write this book. So daunting, right? Immediately, I just want to go get my Earl Grey tea and my chocolate and then, you know, sit down again. And then I go up and, you know, have to go to the bathroom. And then I'm like, oh, you know, and think of something else to clean and realize, okay, this isn't working and I don't want to waste any more time. So um, there's a few things that helped. One was mindset is a big deal. And I realized I, I can tend to be a rule follower. So and I loved researching other authors. So I had this concept of this is what it's supposed to be. And I quickly realized I'm not going to get anywhere if I think I've got to write at a certain time or a certain place or do it a certain way. So I had to get rid of my shoulds mm-hmm. and, and that helped. And then I read, um, there was this other author, I think it was David Cav- um, Kadavi, where he talked about, he writes like a thousand words before he even gets out of bed and another person I read. Yeah. And then he throw he writes them on a temp- t- typewriter and then throws them out because he says, those aren't the real words you're supposed to write. That was his process. And I was like, wow, basically I read about how other writers would write and quickly realized, oh, the common theme is they just figure out their own way and what works for them. And sometimes you almost have to snap out of your funk. And so there's another person that said, well, he was going to write 50 words every day. He just, he set the, you know, the bar so low that he knew, oh, well, I could at least write 50 words. I'm like, okay, well, that works a little bit more for me. So, so I thought, well, if I can't do the computer screen and I need to get stuff written, I kind of know the subtitles I'm writing about. So I basically, before for the, those first like three months just to get some words down. I got out my phone in, in my bed, which probably isn't something you're supposed to do. And I took out Evernote and on my screen, I just started thumb tapping, like brain dump thoughts on that topic. And somehow doing it on a small screen on my phone uh, gave me permission to make mistakes because, you know, you send texts and it doesn't have to be all polished like a nice word document. Mm-hmm. And so I would just get those words out on on paper and it was messy and there was so much had to be cleaned up. And a lot of that draft didn't make it into the book, but that was what got me my thoughts down to say, oh, well, I can move sections around. Oh, I can say that better once I already saw the words there. Oh, I can move these pieces around or maybe I'm onto something or, oh, that section, it needs a story now. What story? And I liked telling the stories. Um, in the book, I have my pieces of my story, but I also liked a few interviews that I did and I turned their words into story and I loved that. So anytime I could tell a story to make a point, then all of a sudden my motivation was high. So those are my like top tips for writing the first 
the messy draft, that and regular Saturday morning Starbucks writing sessions. Oh, nice. Those were my tips. <gasps> Those are that's such good mm-hmm. advice. I love, I mean, so I I love the idea of figuring out what works for you and not feeling like you have to do quote unquote the rules that in your mind a serious record follows or that other writers do. You know, that idea of writing it on your phone is such a great idea, especially for people who feel intimidated by the Word document. And like you said, we're used to just texting without having writer's block when we're texting. You know, we just, it's much more casual. And so I think that is genius, you know, for people who are feeling stuck. And um, yeah, I just, I I really, really resonate with... um, with everything that you're that you're sharing, um, and it's just cool to kind of see. I read the finished book; I love it, and it's just really neat to kind of see the process, you know, behind the scenes of what went into um, creating your book. Mm-hmm. Could you share a little bit for us about um, just what it's been like having your book out in the world? If there are any opportunities that have come your way that you know were surprising or extra fun, or if your book has been able to help you know, grow your coaching business. I would just kind of love to hear now on the mm. other side of publication, what it's like having your book out in the world. Yeah. So one thing I didn't, one thing I I knew and I would coach my clients on this, but now I've experienced it in a whole new way is that, and in the book I talked about a little bit, your dream, the big dream or that calling that that I that big idea that just won't go away. And for me, one of those was writing a book one day. I see them as invitations to, you know, and playgrounds to become the better version of yourself. So become the person your dream needs, basically. And so most of the time I would see a dream as it's a goal to achieve. And so because you have the dream and you make some steps to achieve it, you know, that it should happen. And I realized and began to fall in love with this idea of actually it's it's a whole journey and through working all the ups and downs and the writer's blocks and the surprises and the mindset hiccups, you know, and some of the working through the mind trash that comes up through the whole process uh, are all the means and it's almost like you're not ready for your dream to come into fruition until you've worked through those things. Mm -hmm. So living out the dream gives you the practice to do that. And that's what my experience was with the book. So it took four years, but it almost took four years because there was about a year and a half where I wasn't writing at all. And I think that's where with the time that we met, where I was just doing, I was working more on the coaching side and you came across one of my blog posts and reached out and said, you should write a book. And I thought, well, how did you know? (laughs) (laughs) You caught me, like I haven't been writing it. And there is something powerful about you speaking those words and calling that out and seeing that in me where when when we fall in, and I think all of us do, you fall into this struggle, this the swamp of the you know the messy middle of the whole process, and you can't see those the, the mountain peaks. You can't see the vision even that you had for it, or you feel disconnected because you're just in the midst of it all. And so, um, you know, that was a pivotal moment for me when you when you called that out today because it gave me the chance to articulate what the dream meant to me and why 
you know, writing the book was important. And so throughout process of those four years, I had to go back to that to say, why am I writing this? Why does it matter? And because I'm a reserved person, I'd rather hide. I'd rather put someone else in the limelight. And, and so if you just said, oh, the book's finished, it's ready now, I would have been like freaked out saying, well, I don't want to show the world a book. Like I can't take those words back if they're wrong or like people are going to look at me or like, I just want to be the person in the background, helping other people look better, helping them do, do their work. And so I guess the biggest opportunity it gave for me that, that meant the most was who I became when I held that book in my hands. And in the moment that I had my brand new book and it was so soft and clean looking and beautiful and holding that in my hands saying, wow, I'm just holding a dream in my hands and not many people get to say that. And so that, that pivotal moment actually having something to hold in my hands gave me this courage to in um, reconnected with me to say, well, now that I have this, this means something. I did this. And it just gave me that much more encouragement and letting other people in on the process. So we just social post saying, here's where I am on the journey. People love that stuff. So following you along People would tell me later, you know what? I stayed quiet, but watching you live your dream and knowing how much that meant to you. Now I got back to writing my book or I started my thing or I, you know, even reading the book now, what, what people are emailing me saying, you know, either they're like not quite swearing, but like mad at me saying, you just made me face my stuff. I was in oblivion before. (laughs) Now you made me think (laughs) I need to hire you Um, from that degree to like, you know, holy crap. Now I just said yes to a scary dream. And now I've got to like do this stuff. So um, both joy and somewhat mad at me because the book just rocked the world a little bit. And I guess that's my heartbeat. It's not huge movements. It's not building empires. It's helping one person at a time because I fully believe in that ripple effect. You help one person and by me living my dream and inspire someone else to live their dream, which inspires someone else to find hope, live a healthier life, be more confident, whatever it is that is their next step. And it's just that ripple effect effect that I, I love and I'm passionate about. So those are the opportunities that mean have meant the most to me in my business, but it has, it has brought clients. It's brought connections with other authors, uh, relationships. Um, and really it's, I've realized I love chatting with, with writers and helping them, especially at that beginning, all those beginning stages. And in that process, I realized I love it. And I would get so excited at the chance to talk to another author or an author who was getting serious about what they wanted to do. And so then I've been exploring that to say, okay, what do I, what do I do with that? Or just connecting and being in different circles. So, um, yeah. That's so exciting. Continued adventure is what it feels like. (laughs) Yes. Well, I just got goosebumps when you were talking about holding that dream in your hands. I mean, you just really captured that 
that moment so beautifully. I felt like I was there with you. And that is just, um, oh, it's just such an amazing feeling, you know, to see your book for the first time with your name on the cover and there it is and it's real and it's tangible. Um, so anyone, if anyone's listening who is in what Emily, so, um, you know, aptly called it that messy middle where you can't see the mountain peak, um, you know, just think about that, that moment that you're, you're working towards when you will hold your dream in your hands and, it's it's worth it, right, Emily? It's more than worth all of that uh, struggle. It yeah. is. It's so hard in that middle. <laughs> it really is. And don't be surprised too. I don't know if you found this, Dallas, but sometimes, well, at least what I found, the reason why I started the book, you know, four years ago, that that conception moment, the resolve changed. The my why behind writing the book it did shift or why I maybe put it this way, why I started the book isn't the same reason as why I finished the book. Mm. If that makes sense. That makes perfect. (laughs) And so sometimes, yeah. So sometimes it's just looking at like, I think we tend to default when we're in that struggle is like, well, what's wrong with me? Or like, I'm not cut out for this. And that's not what it is. It's that you're actually being shaped. And the more resolved, the more tuned in, you tuned into why this matters to the people who are going to read it and to you finishing it, the more ready you will be to be on the other side. And often I, I heard someone say, I don't know if you've heard this in your writing circles, but uh, I've heard there's no such thing as writer's block. It's always fear mm-hmm. of something. Yes. And so then that shifted a few moments to, to say, oh, well, that seems like that's not excusable. <laughs> I've got to face some here, fear here. What, what is it? I, I guess that's something I've got to own as opposed to, I can just blame it on this vague writer's block. And it's almost cool as a writer to claim that, that uh, space. But when all of a sudden I read that somewhere, I'm like, oh, I've got to, own more stuff now. <laughs> yes, and that definitely and, uh, it's to what you were true. saying about about working through those fears or changing through the process of writing your book or whatever your dream might be that you mm-hmm. are going towards. You know, it's all about getting through those fears and those doubts. And yeah, I definitely will be thinking of that myself <laughs> whenever I feel blocked. I think that's very <laughs> profound. Well, Emily, I just am having the hardest time, you know, saying that we're, we should probably wrap up. I could just keep, I wish I could just keep talking with you about all of this. I I know it's so fun. It's so fun. But, um, thank you so much for, you know, being here, um, and just sharing these amazing insights about your writing process and your book and, you know, going after dreams. And I'm, have no doubt there are going to be listeners that really want to connect with you and buy your book and to get more more of you. So what are the best ways for people to get in contact with you? Yeah, well, you can certainly um, head to the book website, daretodecide.ca, because I live in Canada. And uh, so you can download a, a free chapter there or explore more about it. But if you just want to hang out with me online, I, I'm on Instagram, Emily Grabatten, and I also have a Facebook group called the Dare Club Experience. And so really, that's just where people who are in the middle of that 
dream journey adventure, figuring it all out, practicing being brave, figuring out their clarity, all of that. That's where we hang out. I do some live trainings there and and uh, encouragement, some accountability. So that's where we hang out. And that's um, that is yeah the Dare Club experience on Facebook. Great. Well, thank you so much, Emily, for your time today. And um, it's just been so wonderful to chat with you. And I really hope that everyone checks out your book, Dare to Decide. It's amazing. Yes. Thank you, Dallas. Thank you so much for spending time with me today on Overflowing Bookshelves. If you enjoy this podcast, it would mean so much if you take a few minutes to write a review on iTunes or Stitcher to help other writers and book lovers find out about us. If you are kind enough to share this episode on social media, be sure to tag me at Dallas Woodburn Author on Instagram or Facebook. I love to surprise my listeners with fun prizes like free books and other literary swag. Also, I would love to hear your thoughts on the show and your ideas for future guests. Please visit my website, dallaswoodburnauthor.com to connect with me and offer your suggestions. Until next time, happy reading.